0: Amen to that. Well, brothers and sisters in God, I just, and believers and non-believers, I know when someone said they die and they come back to life, a lot of people have doubts. I just let your, your mind wonder and you decide, oh, if what happened to me happened, because I'm going to tell you what it's like to die without Christ, okay? Because Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verses five through seven says this it says for man goes to his eternal home and the mourners go about in the streets remember your creator before the silver cord is loose or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the well then the dust will return to the earth as it was and the spirit will return to God who gave it folks I never knew anything really about the Bible I grew up in a Christian home but it didn't make me a Christian i didn't have any really bible training because where i grew up i just drifted into agnosticism then in full-blown militant atheism folks and in july 1980 in tucson arizona uh like ray like uh, brother randy said i contracted what is known as cholera and who knows what else by drinking contaminated water someone had left in a thermos while i was working at a local construction site and the typical progression of cholera left me in a severe dehydrated state. And if you follow it, it's about three to four days into it, your body goes into shock and you'll usually die at that point. Well, I was at home. I was lying in bed when it happened. My breathing became in series of just wheezing gasps. I couldn't really do anything and just lay in bed. Uh, I had uh, roommates at the time, but they went off to do some adventure up in the Grand Canyon so I was left alone that time and so I looked around the room and I was amazed that I could see everything pristine clear because I wear glasses I'm nearsighted and it was like uh it was like the alarm clock I could look at my alarm clock and see it pristine clear I could see my dog down there I could see the room I could hear perfectly well and all of a sudden i took my last breath and i floated above my body like a lot of people uh, talk about this despite growing up in, like i said a christian home uh, i was really not a christian instead i was a full-blown militant atheist i had a chip on my shoulder uh, i had this big axe to grind against humanity against god And being an atheist, I tell you, you're really angry at God is what a lot of atheists are. They're just mad at God. And so that's the way I was. I was as mad at God because of all the environment, all the stuff that I saw and witnessed in my life just turned me against God, okay? And all this was about to radically change because I left my body. As soon as I left my body and took my last breath, I no longer believed in atheism, I'm telling you. I, it was like a swoosh, and I floated upwards. I was hovering above my body. I looked down, and I know my body was kind of a uh, kind of a white, blue, blotchy type thing. And I didn't look too good. My dog was whimpering, trying to lick my hand, and I couldn't do anything. I couldn't say, "Lassie, go get help." You know, couldn't hear me. I was floating above my body. All the pain from the cholera and, and the excruciating pain that I had left. I felt actually very, very good, you know, and then I drifted to the ceiling and through the ceiling went past the swamp cooler, which was held together by a bandana on the lower um, bandana and bailing wire through the screw holes because they're holding it together. And we didn't have air conditioning and it was hot in Arizona, we had a swamp cooler later when I went up on the roof to change the filter. voila. I saw what I saw. I never been up there before, and you can't see this from the ground floor because the way it's in concaved into the roof. And so little things like that proved to me that I had this experience. And plus, when I got back and I and it was in the hospital, everything like that. But anyway, when I went through the ceiling, I went through a into a dark void. It was very pleasant, and there was a light off in the distance. And it was growing bigger as so I was like slowly being propelled to it and I felt a profound love. I felt absolutely no pain. I felt an overwhelming calm that I can't even describe. Uh, There was music and singing like a heavenly choir, and that was singing about God, actually. And I think it was, uh, there was an atheist, a famous atheist, I think his last name was Ayers, who, was, who died and said he knew that he was approaching the governor of the universe. And that's kind of how I felt. I was going to be approaching God and, and I had no worries whatsoever. Everything felt good. And then I was going through there, the music and the choir was singing in a different language. And I know this will sound very strange to people, but I could understand in my own language what was being said. And they were proclaiming the mysteries about God's character and nature and glorifying God. And some of the things they would say is like how God can't deny himself. He he remains true to his character. Those passages are actually found in the Bible and as Mark chapter 12 verse 26 reveals he's a God of the living all that's explained you learn that since he's a God of the living he's not going to extinguish you into a state of non-existence because that's contrary to who he is you learn that God will not take back any gift calling promise as it's written in Romans 11:29 that the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable you learn things like god gave us the gift of life he placed eternity in our hearts like ecclesiastes 11 chapter 3 verse 11 says and 2nd samuel 14 14 verifies where it says yet god does not take away life yes the mortal flesh dies but our spiritual essence our spiritual man continues onward so i was floating in that dark void in this peaceful void and while i was floating there bits and pieces of my life would flash before me as i approached the light and i i witnessed myself like in school and uh i i watched school movies media and bullies uh how they shaped me to think that being good and decent was oppressive and restrictive and needed to be overthrown for the new it sounds familiar right and a where there was a i live my life as a do as thou will type thing uh with a slap in the face toward God, who I thought at the time could not really exist, letting the world go to heck in a handbasket, so to say. And moving through this pleasant darkness, I was oblivious that I was heading toward a reckoning. And the light grew bigger and more profound. And I felt this incredible love. I never realized I was headed toward a reckoning. And I got closer to the light and the light was coming from a big rock suspended in, in space. And it was on this rock was a person who the light was coming out of <laughs> I can't describe the degrees of light I can't describe the colors of light because your natural eyes can't see this it was dazzling but this light was coming from the person standing upon this big rock suspended in this void and it's like uh, and I read Psalms let's see what was that Psalms 104 uh verse 2 says the the Lord covers himself as with a light as a garment and I landed feet first before him on this rock and I felt like uh I stood before him and I fell down I mean I literally was not flat and um it was like I like I felt like a dead sack of weed on the ground I was still alive but I felt dead and someone from behind picked me up and they always talk about he didn't really grip me he feels like he had crazy glue on his hand and he stood putting me up and stood me right in front of this individual the lord okay and i want to tell you um, i saw this being and i knew it was jesus i knew it was the lord and he had a hood over his face and when you meet the lord you know it and it is true when the bible says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living god let me explain why because as hebrews 9 27 talks about uh, after one dies comes the judgment a judgment that you can't weasel your way out of you can't nothing nothing you could not weasel out of it you cannot sell or yourself you cannot say that a crazy sign fell on my head and that's why i act so stupid you you, you can't give any excuses And um, then I did not realize at the time when I was standing there that this that God's love was judging me. I was going to be judged by God's love as a final reckoning. And that was scary because um, it sounds really good to be judged by God's love, you know. Well, that I got let me just clear clarify some things in your mind you see God's love has boundaries and if God's love had no boundaries love cannot be love at all with boundary there comes responsibility with responsibility comes uh, free moral will as a gift and God is absolutely just in ways our minds cannot fathom so it is his love and uh so with his love he designed free moral will and that proves that he cannot deny Himself in what he does, if he would deny free moral will, that would prove God is not omnipotent or all powerful. How so? People ask me that. Well, God would be unable to rule and reign over free moral beings out of fear. He couldn't, you would just have to make a puppet master, pull all the strings. That would not mean he's all powerful. An all powerful being is the ability to rule and reign no matter the free moral agency a person has okay he'll carry out his plans and a sovereign will no matter what through free moral will of individuals that's all powerful the things like that is what I kind of learned from this experience I hope that helps and if I may
1: interject Brian you were at the time you were an atheist so you did not know Jesus prior to this and and neither were you really familiar, even though you had uh, parents who uh, were believers, neither did you know the Bible or any of these things that were happening to you, they were foreign to you, and then God was foreign to you, was he not?
0: Oh, yes, yes. Um, when I was a young Christian, I think I might. Uh, talked to my mom, I can't remember my age, it could have been four or five, and they took me to the southern Baptist church and there was a revival meeting and baptism, and this was before air conditioning and so uh, and so i asked my mom uh what baptism was and i told you go in water and i said mom i want to get baptized i want to know jesus I, you know my little mind i i remember as plainly as a it was a pool i could dive and do my swimming dive into the pool that i just learned <laughs> and so that's how little kids think so i don't know if that had anything to do with it but I remember when i came home i did not get baptized my mom says no you can't get baptized until you know what you're doing and um because she knew that i would probably take a swan dive or something in it and so i i remember i came coming home singing oh how i love jesus but after that i fell away big time that was about my only thing that i could actually say um, happened and so i did not really have any background but actually i always tell people that You know who bullwinkle and rocky is remember those cartoons (laughs) yeah bullwinkle and rocky they 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 corrupted me they corrupted my youth yes they had this guy on there named sherman and his time machine and so this guy would go in this time machine and go see philosophers and all that stuff and being a geeky kid i would start reading philosophy books you know at 10 years old or whatever i really did i started reading this stuff course or vocabulary back in uh, when i was growing up is a lot better than it is today but anyway i was reading this stuff and it drifted off into different philosophies that led me astray through <laughs> a winkle cartoon and tell people that and so i drifted into an agnosticism i couldn't understand why all the bad stuff happened in the world like most people can't and why it all is and how it is and so i was this militant uh agnostic for a while there could be a God may not be a God and I bounced between atheism and agnosticism so eventually into full-blown atheism and that's what happened and it's all just how my life course watching things and events things that happened to me and everything like that just convinced me that God can't be in control and so a lot of why the Lord was speaking to me and showing me this stuff and why I came back with me and, and why I, I wrote my testimony this way was he was challenging me my own questions that I used against him to disprove God he was answering them while I died and, and so he also said I something
1: died. I'm sorry he also okay. said something that is uh very interesting in that he said you could not enter heaven no oh so Jesus was precluding you from entering heaven tell us about that
0: Yeah, I um, basically, how can I say this? Um, I was being judged by God's love. And what he was judging me is how God freely gave the gift of life and all this stuff, but I justified my betraying other people abandoning people rejecting people and using people like a commodity. That's what I was doing. I placed burdens on Pete on my parents, they could not bear and other people, I mocked people I scoffed people, especially Christians, I sold drugs to the uh, uh, Southern Baptist uh, youth group, and um, <laughs> corrupted youth, and uh, I bore false witness against anybody who I did not like, and I felt totally justified uh, of doing so and I got to ask questions to people do you do the same thing you know I saw every single one of my excuses ever made I to get out of a jam I saw the relationships I crucified I saw the money I stole out of uh, my parents wallets everything then I saw how good God was to me before I died despite what I was like like before it was like an instant replay like I always you know like so many different examples of of near car wrecks and one I was My sister and I were going down to Shepherdstown, West Virginia, going down the hill there, and we hit a patch of um, oil, and I did three 360s on a two-lane road with oncoming traffic. There's a cliff on the other side going into the Shenandoah River. I was drinking beer like an idiot, and, and going in reverse, my tire almost went over the edge, but something stopped me, and people got out and asked if I was okay. And someone actually came out and handed me a beer said you need this and i drove off and my sister and i had a good time i you know she was uh, all shook up but god spared my life constantly he kept showing me things he showed me i gave good parents and he gave me people and i blew smoke in their face no other way to put it and so god's love judged me for i like this he showed me really personally how i manipulated his love goodness and mercy for my own ends i really did uh, but it's all revealed by how i treated my family myself strangers i treated god i create pre- treated his creation and again you know how about some of you listening you know have you done the same thing and so we could get to the point here um, it was like it was dawned on me and i don't know how to explain it other than this is that if i was allowed into heaven in this fallen state i would continue the same things in heaven because what's to stop me like how i once reasoned that if there is a god and he's all loving then uh then i can make heaven no matter what i do but i found out that was a lie i found out that god places eternity in the heart like ecclesiastes chapter three eleven says And once we die we enter our real spiritual being who we really are and we're sealed that way forever and the book of Genesis chapter. two, the Lord spoke to Adam and that day eat of this tree you you will surely die, but it's in Hebrew it's a double emphatic It's the same word used twice it's you will die die you will die death, you will you will die die and it's two deaths. And the Bible talks about the first death, the first resurrection, and there's a second death in the in the lake of fire. Very, very profound in those things. There are things like that that I was seeing very for the first time when I came back and read the Bible, It just knocked my socks off. No other way to put it. And so um, so on, when I, on, on my way to standing before the Lord,, uh, I learned so much about his goodness and His mercy and who he is in his character traits. I would continue to use that as a leverage tool to pit God's character traits against him. God, in order to continue to do what I always done and God will not allow that. And so I was I was being judged in uh, what a wretch. I was no other place or how else I can say it, because if you were allowed in heaven, in a fallen state thinking that you can be changed somehow um, that one not you would just simply corrupt it and what you do in life is proof enough that you would because we all like I said in my book you make life ugly on this <laughs> so we can't waltz in the heaven because God's love will somehow change us in the afterlife and I gotta tell you folks that's a pipe dream Adam and Eve I want you to think about it had it made in the garden and they blew it and you think that in a fallen state you if God allowed you that you would continue and somehow be changed no you would not you die in your state you're sealed in that spiritual state that you die in uh, and you want to be found with Jesus not without because God placed eternity in the heart the eternity seals the deal in fact there's a scripture and I quoted a lot it's Isaiah 26 verse 10 says, let grace be shown to the uh, transgressors, yet he will not learn righteousness because in the land of uprightness, which speaking of heaven, he will deal unjustly, will not behold the majesty of the Lord. And so you know everything that happened to me, I when I came back and allowed to come back, I went in, the only place I found answers was the Bible. And I found so many scriptures that answered questions that verify my experience, it just knocked my socks off. So uh, let's just kind of get back on a roll here. So I stood before the Lord and I noticed that I was wearing this like filthy robe-like outfit. It was really gross. I mean, it was like a judo suit it was all torn. It was just filthy, a filthy rag-like outfit. And I was standing before him. I was fully guilty of everything. I had no excuses or God left no stone unturned and it was terrifying in fact I think that standing before the Lord is more terrifying than hell because you're totally uncovered you're totally undone I mean, you're like I don't have a leg to stand on and I I I always say this quote I do it a lot when I do the meetings it says um uh, we deserve God's wrath we do not deserve mercy But what happened to me was I found grace instead. I can't explain it. That has totally radically changed my life. And um, because I know I'm a wretch and I don't deserve any mercy whatsoever. I deserve hell. I know that for a fact, but God's great grace saved me for whatever reasons and purposes he has. And so I owe Christ my life. That's all I gotta say. But when I was standing there, the Lord would speak to you in in thought no other way to say it was speaking to me in thought, telling me that I would see a land unknown that's best forgotten, but not to be left unseen. That's why I titled my book that because he just resonated in my mind, because that's what he said. And when he said that all kinds of it's like unpacking a cyclopedia of knowledge with each word, it's like a tapestry interconnects and explains things in ways I can't even articulate right now. And so um so and he spoke to me he says when i arrive at this particular place and you feel a sense of overwhelming, say my name and my title jesus christ and i didn't i knew his name was jesus christ and people asked me what did jesus look like Well, i didn't see his face he had a hood over his face i knew if he would have pulled back his hood i it would not it would not be good it would be a judgment and and he said that it would be an option to be decided if you were going to be able to return. He said that to me. And then uh I I he pointed to off to his left. And you know, he had holes in his wrist. I could see it looked like his beard was yanked out in parts. I could see his beard and there was cake blood there. And for some sense I got a sense I yanked his beard. I mean I I just, I nailed the nails in. And that's what I was thinking at the time. Even though I wasn't around then it was like I did that by how I live my life proved it, you know, and Oh, boy. And so he said, an option for you is to be decided if you return or not. So I was lifted up and carried into like a, a gate opened like a scroll. And I went through it and I found myself in a vortex like the inside of a tornado. And it smelled horrible. It was quite hot. And I could hear all these sounds, all this hideous noise. And I could hear this hellish language that I can't really describe and uh, yet I could understand parts of it and and so I was spinning in this void and I was heading toward a yellow light this time wasn't the beautiful light I've seen it was a different color light and it was a more like a flame colored light and in this green uh vortex just spun around like inside of a tornado and I hit that yellow light and fell through the sky and bounced on the ground real quick and i thought well you know i did have enough um, relatives who were christians who told me about hell being flaming fire and devils with pitchforks and stuff but i didn't see any of that at first what i saw was uh, a house on a hill and a little valley between a steep hill going in a valley and off in the distance was this uh, house and a dilapidated dead looking tree it was exceedingly hot, and, you know, you're, you're like Bill Weese would say, it's like so hot, you feel like your, eye, uh, your eyes would melt or your tongue would melt, you know, that's how hot it felt. And all that came a little bit later, but, um, excuse me, it was just running. But um, so I was standing there looking at that house and I saw all these people come out of the house, running down the hill going into the valley and then more people came out and they were welcoming me to paradise slapping me on the back says welcome to paradise brian so glad you came here all your friends are here you know little tidbits of information that i used to argue with christians about because i used to argue with christians about when they come to uh, witness to you And here it was like this tug i was having my arguments thrown in my face in a real life situation and so they were slapping my back saying i entered paradise and so i looked at him and this one guy um, who wasn't really a friend he's more of an acquaintance but i knew him through school and so forth he was a he was a character he was a mean dude and i said you can't possibly be in paradise i mean the reason why i said that is that i had a party at my house when i was when my parents went someplace and i had the house i had a big party he came to it he left with another friend and as They were going up to the shopping center about a mile about half a mile away uh they were behind the shopping center he mouthed off the people and he was killed with a double barrel shotgun on the drive-by shooting because he mouthed off to the people kind of the area i lived in um so no i just knew this guy couldn't be there i kept seeing people who i thought or died or i know died but they didn't look quite right and every time i said that you can't be here he would drift off and change into another entity another person and i kept seeing that and all of a sudden things started to change and they started to be piranha like they were circling me and i felt a sense of overwhelming and i all of a sudden i looked at their eyes and they were like alligator eyes with yellow irises and i and i, I felt it overwhelming and i remembered to, to say his name and his title jesus christ so i said jesus christ jesus christ jesus christ faster than that. i said it like a machine gun uh and y- when you die you really don't breathe but kind of air comes out of you so to facilitate speech if you want to talk so i could say jesus christ jesus christ like a machine gun non-stop the whole time i was there without stopping or taking a breath because you don't really breathe it's kind of strange to talk about and so all these entities morphed into what they were they were a hellish looking be- beings. some of them um, uh, i found myself surrounded by these entities look like gargoyles without wings some of them look like ancient pagan deities or these um the that's what they call them, the prazus and the other entities of the mesopotamian lore, particularly in the egyptian lore, and that's what i was kind of sura- surrounded in and uh some of these look like rotting vegetables it's really um uh, it's hard to say because you could try to design a horror show you could not design these creatures really too good maybe with special effects you could but uh, but these 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 entities were horrible others looked like deformed beings of various sizes some were reptilian some were insect-like they're an amphibian like some like frogs these were foul devious beings and they all rushed me to tear me apart and i kept saying jesus christ jesus christ and they could um I learned this valuable lesson then in there, they could punch me, they could touch me, they couldn't grab hold of me. When I said Jesus Christ, they kept a the respectful distance, but they would punch once in a while and they tried to grab you. But I say, Jesus Christ, so I learned this power in the name of Jesus. <laughs> that is, that is
1: very t- amazingly telling, uh, Brian, because Jesus then had, if I'm, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, as I'm hearing this, Jesus told you to declare his name in hell yeah and what you found in hell was when you declared his name they could not devour you yes yeah, they,
0: they yeah they yeah they couldn't devour you bite wow. you or wow. or drag you because they would they would eat you alive i don't know no 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 other way to put it and so you know for years afterwards i had nightmares sometimes i still have a little bit of um, these things and so this one entity came up to me. He was about four foot eight, and I nicknamed him, and uh, and I I called him Lizard Breath. It was my nickname. So if I call mm-hmm. Lizard Breath, you know who I'm talking about. And so he he came up to me and he said, "I offer you half my kingdom, <laughs> and come follow me. Offer you half my kingdom." I wrote more about it in the book, i uh, Land Unknown: Hell's Dominion," but and so he walked he said follow him so I, I didn't know what else to do I was following this thing saying Jesus Christ Jesus Christ and he went to the edge of the horizon uh, and he ripped the horizon open and stepped up out out of this place I followed him and I went back I looked back and there was I, was I came out of a cell a cube you know Bill Wee said about 14 by 14 in my book I said 10 by 10. The reason why I said 10 by 10 because 10 is three letters 14 is more zero. <laughs> so that's right. I say 10 by 10. I couldn't really tell you the dimensions. I don't think Bill Weiss could either tell you So you, you describe or... it as a cube, a cube, a, like cell. a transparent cube. It was it had it wasn't Yeah, it was transparent in certain places. And you were granted permission, you can see inside of it. So I came out of this thing. I looked inside inside was the biggest all outdoors, but it was so small. And, uh, then i turned around and i saw this wide road of destruction and this circular thing in the open area in the middle and i looked up and it looked like i was in a pit and it reminded me of how a spiral staircase looked and i'll describe some of that in this in a, in a, in a minute because there's this horrible roar that came when he opened that place up and i saw where i was and i, I stepped up out of that tear in the wall, stood on that road looking uh back inside. Like I said, it was all big as all outdoors, but but it's inside it was a small cube. And then there were cubes pressed against each other's going in a, a circular way. And there was each cube was stacked six high. And there was the roof or the ceiling, which would be the road above uh where you were, I and mean, you can't explain it other than that and I found out later in the book of uh, in, in the Bible at different places I was in a place called the pit the Bible calls it the pit of hell it was a hellish place it was hot it was dry the heat waves were coming off the like Arizona or Texas when the heat waves are coming off the pavement that's what it was like hot rocks would glow there were some flames here and there and in the middle of this pit across this hellish broad way i noticed these tornado-like vortexes coming through and dropping people off in the cubes and then on the road some people were being escorted by the gaggles of these entities and pushed into cubes that's what i was seeing it's the best way to describe this pit would be like a spiral staircase after i got back came back. I actually drew a spiral and tried to take notes and stuff that happened. That's what I based my book on. And it was like the stairs would be the...
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether
0: you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. be the the wide, dusty road. The cubes would be the bricks in the wall. And in the middle was an open area where there was uh, no, no beginning and no end. It was like it was a bottomless pit. No other way I can describe it. And, and so, and the roof above my head was the stairway above you, because you're going a spiral staircase. And each level of this pit bore degree, just degrees of recompense. What you sow is what you reap. People above me were receiving less, and the people below me were receiving more. And don't be fooled. The cubes would move with a click, and over time, or. Um, it's a different type of concept of time than what we have it would click and you'd go lower and lower and lower uh, and well with each move down going down like this conveyor belt type thing it was uh, the more of your sin nature who you really are like is being exposed okay so I found this later in Ezekiel chapter 32 23 describes this very pit Again, uh, I add the ancient Hebrew word meanings for clarity, and it says this: "says this whose graves, graves means chambers and cells are set in the sides of the pit, and her company is circled round about her chambers and cells." Proverbs talk about chambers of death, and and uh, Isaiah chapter 24 talks about this place being like a dungeon with cells. Uh, It's very biblical what I saw on their road there was these hellish beings and they were various si- heights and sizes and shapes the taller ones had more power over the smaller ones <laughs> and so something like I said they were escorting people they were in going around and so lizard breath who I called that uh started talking to me and I could never really get an accurate picture of him because his breath was so foul it would distort his face so I could never tell you how many eyes he had you can tell you had one two three or four and it looked like multiple eyes because his breath was so foul it was just distorting his face and and he, he looked like a little reptilian dinosaur best i can put it. and i later found a picture uh not a picture actually uh, near where i live there's a sculpture garden it was put in and they actually put a sculpture of the closest thing that resembled lizard breath i could find this was back in the early 2000s and i pointed it to my brother-in-law and he i said that's lizard breath <laughs> and so i looked over at it and it was an introductory thing and it had it just freaked me out and on this introductory thing it said the traveler this is a, an african lore this was african lore this thing was called the traveler who would escort people to death so that that kind of freaked me out when i saw that thing i said that that looks like lizard breath and it was close you have any
1: um uh, idea of who he was i know satan is uh portrayed no, in the no. bible as a, uh, you know, a satan light is, and, yeah satan is not right.
0: in hell okay and yes there's other entities there but these these are some fallen uh these are demonic beings fallen angels whatever they are or well, this would i think this would be a demon you know this thing was and so, and, and
1: brian the individuals that you were seeing who were captive. I know we're going to get to an incredible um, uh, view that our appearance that uh, God gave to you, or at least you had in hell. Uh, but the people that you saw that in the, the spiral staircase that were going back and forth and who were in these various places, um, these graves of sorts. Um, did you have an impression whether they had died previously and this is where their their soul was reposited or were they still living in this world
0: um these people died and they were judged and sentenced there and so that's what I saw and so I saw when I walked by the cells because this thing entity motioned me to follow it back to we walked out to the to the open area and saw the tornado vortexes and I went and he took me like a tour of hell Only, only thing I can say is like a tour of hell and went over to the cubes again and I, when I looked inside of each cell I was granted discernment uh I, had, I knew their life history in an instant and so people when they died whatever era of time they died in was that's what they saw inside their cell I could see what they saw I could hear what it's different dimension I can't describe it I could I could feel what they could feel I could hear what they were hearing I could see what what they were going through as well as what the demons were doing to them and that was an amazing thing give you a couple of examples people ask me well what's hell like what's these cells like they're like waking up in a non-ending living nightmare that never ends and it's a recompense that's all I gotta say and so people in these cubes uh were not being tormented or tortured by god that's another myth it's it's what they've done in life allows that to happen to them mm-hmm. and so that's important to know I,
1: i'm glad you important. said that brian this is not of god this is apart from god this is like yeah. the the yeah. trash bin of uh of existence here
0: yeah the, the uh, yeah in matthew chapter 25 hell was originally designed for the devil and his minions or his fallen angels and the demons and stuff but um but people who want to follow that the God of this world the devil you know you're a part of his minions it's you need Jesus Christ you need to avoid this place and because nothing there's no there's no amount of being reformed in hell at all in other words, what was happening was that people were becoming worse because I look inside there they were becoming worse in fact, Job chapter, I don't know if I can't, I'm doing this from memory. Um, Job 24, 25, or 26, the first few verses talks about Abaddon has no covering and you know, hell has no covering. And people or the the dead travail and wail in this place. And that's what I saw because hell has no covering. In other words, everything inside of you is uncovered. And whatever and I'll explain, for example, I saw this. Um witch a former witch and probably died probably early 60s i would say and this happened to me 1980 so this person uh, was inside of a coffin scratching to get out and the reason why she was scratching to get out and i knew this because she cursed people's uh she cursed she actually cursed to death people's hopes and dreams and potential goodness uh, with a reckless hate and she deemed as pleasant and wise to bring forth some sort of Luciferian light and illumination because she thought Lucifer was much more willing to give you all your wants and now she's trapped in the coffin because she would bury people with her spells and incantations she wasn't a, a lower level witch she was a highly initiated one one that knew what she was doing she taught others to be initiated and brought them into this um i call it a sick lifestyle and starts out like a honeymoon period but then i saw all this and then later it's the real dark side comes and i won't get into all that but she was in the real dark side and so then i saw these people you know being offered stuff you know and they would always choose what made him worse. I can't describe other than that. I saw this guy who was an abuser. He probably died in the 1950s, tapping his hands on the table. And I knew that he would he was abused as a kid and he grew up as an abuser and beat his family. He died of and then now he's in here hearing his father's browbeat him and how he browbeated his sons and daughters. And he was experiencing what he met it out i saw an old-time lecherous unsaved and i say unsaved revival preacher who died in the 1820s in the southwest part of a, a kentucky you know the south would be southeast kentucky southwest virginia area and there was a great revival back then in those days i think it was called the cane patch revival if i'm not mistaken but anyway this preacher died there he loved to mock the bible to get his way with the ladies no other way to say it he thought that it was good food and pleasant to the eyes wouldn't make them wise because you know these peasants that's what he viewed the people as peasants and they're easily fooled he can milk them for every dollar they could get you know and, and food and staying at places and have his way with the with the girls I mean there's no other way to say it but there he was in a cell and he's preaching at this tent revival outside there and all the all these people inside the cell were not people he saw them as people but they were demonic cords and they got up and began beating him with a big black book that looked like the Bible it wasn't the Bible it's just a prop and beating him with it and he had run and that scene inside the cell would change to a new scene and this entity came through went through the cute the roof of the cube came down and put a cloven foot on his chest and began choking him (laughs) and i walked to the next cell those are the type of things i I, I saw i saw a wealthy guy that died probably in ancient days and he was bored out of his mind totally bored and then uh, people came and he was so excited to have something to do most people that i saw there were incredibly bored out of their mind and nothing and they were isolated and alone that's why he was and people came over there were demons and they got a party and they end up throwing them outside into the dust of the street and they did that because he stepped on people to get ahead he uh, like he would take entire areas of the pagan city that he was from and say i want that i want these peasants out of here flatten it and build some great temple or something like that for the gods that's the type of person he was he just did things for himself and invest and they had investments back then too and that's what he did invest in his own ploys and schemes coming back to haunt him and i saw another lady that uh this lady loved the toy with people's lives like a mouse you know She's like a cat drags in a mouse <laughs> i had cats you know they drag them in and they play with this mouse and they you know and that's what this lady treated people i saw her reaping what she sowed. i saw a lady from africa down by the river washing clothes and she used to make fun of, of other people especially christians and stuff and she uh, was down there being mocked and beaten and ostracized by the whole community like she would pit the whole community against certain people she did not like to get them to do their her bidding and that was happening to her is things like that i'd go along in this kaleidoscope real brief snippets like that
1: Brian this is um, such a week we were talking before the show here uh, that there's a kindredness that we share uh, with uh, afterlife experience one of the things that impressed me uh, was that I could remember uh, vividly everything that I experienced with Jesus in heaven I was a believer uh, going into my uh, afterlife Uh, but uh, I could not recall uh the failures because and and the lord revealed you know i removed them as as far as the east is from the west so they're gone Uh, you know i ask forgiveness and what have you uh but what you're saying is that in hell these failures these sins are perpetually cycling and you cycling recycling and you were made aware of these so you had this and you had this deep uh insight into what they had done and it's as though there's a haunting of um of those sins and those failures and those persecutions of others that's incredible
0: that that's correct it's like just that's why i always call it recompense it's payback i mean and uh it's a terrible thing (laughs) and so there's so much you have to get my book to get all the details i can't get into every single thing that i saw there and interview but on page 81 of the book I mentioned a place where I saw this T intersection where we walked back you can actually go between the cubes and go back and then and it was like how a brick layer would make a, a circle out of bricks there are little gaps in there little and I would go through these areas and they'd be filled with these these demons and these demonic creatures in there and, and all i could say was jesus christ jesus christ and leave me alone but they were doing their their hardest to get me to curse god curse them curse myself curse the devil curse everything and in order to have me but i wouldn't do it all i could say was jesus christ i was too scared i wanted to wake up so bad but you can't wake up you can't and so we went to this uh place and i call it a grand hallway and i talked about green drapes hanging down went to this T intersection and I looked back on and i saw these people being escorted again and there's a t intersection like an entrance into hell and hell has a wide mouth and people were streaming thousands of people streaming into this place and these big tall entities going uh, it reminded me of the concentration camps where one person will point to the right or left and that's which way the pr- people would go but these entities were huge and tall and they were chained we did not I'm not allowed to go no more than I would say 300 yards close to him because we went to another location it always left such an impression upon me and I know the Bible talks about uh the fallen watchers being changed to into the deepest recesses of the pit this could have possibly been the border of that and they were showing the worst of the worst of humanity one direction to go where it's really bad and the others to go different levels I just left an impression upon me and the reason I say this is because the ambience of these creatures was incredible Uh, they were very seductive there's no other word to put it and they seem like they know more about human nature than you could imagine they know how to use human chemistry to use emotions to generate chemistry in the body to addict you to pornography or addict you to something and they knew it very, very well. And the reason I bring this up is that I was coming back from the reservations preaching. (laughs) And from I think it was about I did, I worked from up there from 2011 up to the COVID period hope to get back there shortly. But I it was about 2014 15. I was coming back. And I noticed, I could feel the presence those presences again and i'm going especially when i got into colorado where i live and and it was getting worse every time i come back it was getting worse and I, I kept feeling it's getting worse and worse and all of a sudden it's really worse i feel them i feel this this these entities their presences even now and i can't explain that but that's kind of why i brought that up and that's kind of what i saw and then we went back and i could go and with these cubes roaming against you you look inside the cells and, stuff and then we came back to this to this into the pit area where the where i was where the wide dusty road was we kind of going down a little bit further and further and we just went past cell after cell and i wrote in a book my book a a chapter and i want to illustrate this chapter because the more i think about it this is i think why the lord brought me back and i call the chapter deer pudding and dear pudding i saw this lady who died and she recently died when i died and she dropped and deposited into a cell right in front of me and uh and through a tornado vortex she stood there in front of this cell and knocked on the door because she saw her own mind she didn't see hell she saw she saw this was my grandparents farm she knocked on the door before she could knock her grandmother opened the door and she went into the cell and we and so this lizard breath and I walked up and looked inside and so I was just stared and stared for the longest time at this And knew all about her life history in a second and she thought she was a great mother and great you know she was perfect she was ahead of the PTA and she was uh, she was a pillar of the community and all these things and people would call her the best and nicest person in the world but what you didn't see was her secret self she had kids and she said say you 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 will not be an astronaut you will not be a truck driver you will not be a homemaker you're going to be a dentist you're going to be a doctor and get a hairbrush brush and beat her kids until they submit that's a side no one saw she was a control freak and had this image and so that's why she was there (laughs) and so she was there and then she thought she was in paradise now if she was resuscitated right then and there she would have because science can resuscitate you from the dead you know in in a certain amount of time she would have came back at that instant she would be on Oprah and all the talk shows saying don't be afraid to go to the light don't be afraid because you're going to paradise you know, I saw a paradise. It was lovely there. I met my grandmother, and all my dead relatives were were meeting me there, greeting me there. Very similar to what happened to me when I entered, seeing people coming up to me and saying, "Welcome, Brian, to paradise." I was not in paradise, and she wasn't in paradise. And oh. So I wrote that chapter. Let me finish this here. Yeah. I wrote this chapter, and here she is. um and her and the deception was, was so incredible and she could see this grand place in her uh, grandparent's farm that she loved as a kid and her grandmother said come dear pudding let's go um go out back went out the back there's your favorite spot over by there and you have eternity here you know can't you feel the love here and the love there is not God's love it is a sick love it's a deceptive love and she goes yes grandmother I do she says oh, I'm going to go back inside dear pudding and bake you bake you your favorite cookies <laughs> and as, now I could see her grandmother as the demonic entity all the chairs all everything was an entity that gave the illusion of a prop now she walked it was like the floor would move and the scene in her mind would change even though she was in a small cell best I can describe would be like Star Trek the next generation they had that holodeck thing it's very similar to that and she was in the small thing and this and as she went over to her favorite place was by a, a looked like a stream there is no water in hell and absolutely none but she saw water it's an illusion she reached her hand in it and pulled up sand and then she, she was just under shades of these two trees but they were like uh I'd call them um squid like entities look like trees to her with all these tentacles like branches and and they had eyes I just remember this and that's like you know you want to say don't sit <laughs> you can't say nothing you're standing there saying Jesus Christ watching this and you know that what an evil person she was and a control freak she was and how she beat her kids and how she tormented her husband how she did everything to get her away and on the surface she made herself look like a saint and she's and she reached in there and said, I'm not in paradise. And then those three tentacle things reached and grabbed her and she screamed so loud. I can still hear it today, it freaks me out. And we turned and we kept going to an next cube <laughs> And so I say that is that people who die and all these NED experiences that are so pleasant, um, de- deception, I saw deception, I saw people arrive in this place thinking they met their ancient gods or their pagan gods only to wake up too late that they were deceived thinking that they were in paradise and and the reason why a lot of these people come back and i talk to some of these folks and they don't believe me that's fine because it's an overwhelming experience to die as you know randy they come back and uh, these people you know i tried to talk to them but you know you were deceived oh no i wasn't well I understand what you're saying because I saw it. And um, so, this deception. And so, if they were brought back to life too soon, they'd carry the devil's lie that you can live any way you all please. You're going to make heaven. You're going to be in paradise. You're going to meet all your dead relatives, so forth, etc, And that's exactly what I saw. I saw it time and time again in that place.
1: I'm mesmerized. Um... You said something interestingly enough uh, to begin before we started. You said, "You know, I knew you had." To me, you said, you, "I knew you had an NDE before I knew you had an NDE." <laughs> it's like, yeah. And I, and I, when I first um, heard about you, my spirit resonated. This is not only the real deal. This is a critical message for today, by virtue of what you just said and all of the things that you shared. And we need to get to to one that's uh, pressing because we have a large um, Jewish audience in our uh, viewing audience, Um, that there are so many NDE stories that people come back with and they're talking about paradise, that this is wonderful and the light and all of these attractive things and what you're expressing is that that is the deception you know, and G- and Satan was an angel of light Des- deceiving. He will come, and, and we had um, Ivan uh, was with us, and he and he saw Satan as this brilliant looking being, just attractive looking. But anyway, um, thank you for sharing that. We do have a large viewing audience. My father was a World War II that uh, hero. Who uh, fought in uh, to um, free uh, the, the people from the control of Nazi Germany and Japan? There is one person in particular, and this begs a question: Is some people have said, "How far does God's redemption go, or the, the redemption of Jesus?" Um, this one individual, when people are asked to identify the most evil person and certainly in modern history that has ever, ever walked this earth and they say well could he be have been redeemed at the last moment but you have an answer to that and what you uh saw in hell.
0: yeah well make a long story short i left from there we went between the cubes and went into his particular place in the back recesses of this pit and we're going down in lower levels so i don't know remember how many levels we were down and we came to one of these cells and i saw some of the uh, nazis um some people who don't know uh, uh ukrainian guards that were shooting people and i actually saw a picture and saw actually saw the whole film you not just a still shot it was a film of these people being and i knew the terrain i knew everything uh and i saw the it was freaking me out i go man i never saw this film before until that that day not too long ago, and I go, wow, you know, another verification. But people like that were in there and they were experienced being shot and killed. Came to, um, they call him the Blonde Butcher, and he's the guy that was killed in, uh, and, uh, he's the, uh, he orchestrated and, and laid the foundation for the final solution. And he was killed in Czechoslovakia in 1942. He was down there. And then I walked to another place, and then there's all these entities around and all the stuff. We came to this one particular cell. And we stava looked inside of it, and it was like the inside of a furnace. And in it was Adolf Hitler. You can't mistake him. He was like going through each person for an however long it takes to cremate somebody or gas them he was going through that over and over and over and over and over again and then suddenly and that'll probably change in a few billion years and it'll probably be something far worse later on uh and that's what he was doing I just saw him at that point burning in there and yet his he would flesh would be consumed in flames and burn off and come back on his skin I can't explain it and he would feel the pain and yet he was getting violently angry the vile hate that he had and people don't realize he was involved in heavy duty into the occult world mm-hmm. and that's pretty much the primacy of his of his power of deception was the use of luciferianism if you want to know the truth and the ancient pagan uh Nordic religions they practice and stuff but anyway that's neither here nor there but he was there being burned and I always called it is like inside the places where they burn the bodies and for each one body at a time and experiencing what those people went one body at a time as the victim
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he's responsible for you know the gas chambers of, of six million Jews and I don't know how many other people eight or nine million people were in the concentration camps died you'd be experienced every single one of those
1: and he was going through as he as he put through uh so many jewish people through the through um the furnace um or not furnace but it was um through a poison release but he was going through that same um destruction himself that he put countless mm-hmm. others through and killing them yeah.
0: Yeah, part I saw was just in their experience of flames, but I knew intuitively that he experienced the gas chambers. He experienced being stripped. He experienced being raped. He experienced all being buried alive. Just in all that stuff. And put in back of vans too and die of carbon monoxide poison, where they got rid of uh, the worthless eaters, as they say, the the DD people, you know, and uh,
1: yeah. Hmm. I it myself, was
0: it was it was horrible thing. I mean,
1: yeah, it's a sense. Sure, I mean, we're all feeling it. We're all feeling um such a horrendous period in history, and we have you know um this is this is a person. He appeared. I would imagine. I'm just guessing that and some semblance of how he appeared uh in real life from uh, the,
0: yeah you can't mistake his image and um, enlightenment was called but... a little mustache and everything he looked like he uh the pictures of him about 1945 where he was pinching some german uh, kid soldier on the cheek that guy survived the war and talked about that but um he was d- bent over he was i mean i don't know i think what some people said that he might have parkinson or parkinson induced by the drugs that he was being given you know the amphetamines that he was getting getting he was a drug addict people didn't, don't know that but they come out with that and dr Morell gave him shots uh, and some uh, methamphetamine actually a uh, synthetic form um, that's what he gave him
1: <laughs> he was reliving reliving that same hellish experience that he put Mm -hmm. others through and um we can confirm certainly through your account that um you know God is a God all the
0: all those people all those people were getting it today they all they all are saw a lot of them and also people from way long time ago uh ancient days that didn't horrible things to other people soldiers whatever I saw that as well
1: mm, so. yes the Assyrian armies are still excavating mm. ruins where uh, um, people were beheaded and, and sadly we see many uh, of the same practices in certain parts of the world mm. um, so gotta ask you Brian and I know we're coming to a close here but there are people that are watching this And they're saying, you know, I want to make sure that I don't go there. I want to know that I know that when I die that I will meet Jesus and he'll say, welcome. Um, So what happened to you when you came back from this fallacious experience of hell, What, what happened?
0: Well, it was shortly after seeing that I call it the lower this lower area where I saw these Nazi folks and people that were I call a level where a lot of people were involved in the you occult, know, and a lot of people don't know that when I was younger I got involved in the mind science stuff. I didn't. I was an atheist, but I thought you can use the power of the mind, and so I came to this open cube in the back recesses of the pit, and. Um, all these entities were inside of and i knew this is where i belonged <laughs> mm. this is it and uh and i was weakening i could hardly say jesus christ anymore and i was scared out of my wits and uh i didn't know what to do but i knew this was it and this was my this is where my cell where we entered would be and uh with all these nasty people and um and so i was like my feet were in a a dusty miry goo it was dust but gooey and these little wormy things would come out of the ground with teeth and yell blasphemies and these white moths would flood around and they have faces on them and teeth i'm sitting there and all these entities in there trying to get me into this cell saying and i realized when that thing was telling me he offered half the kingdom i didn't realize he's going to have the half the kingdom of hell to torment me that was the reward they were going to give me you know it's like wow that's why the cell was open and so inside there it looked like a dentist chair but i knew it was not a dentist chair i knew it was an entity that gave the illusion as a dentist chair i have nothing against dentist; i can go to sleep and get my teeth drilled it doesn't bother me one bit but uh so we're being propelled in this place and i i was at my wits end i didn't know i i was totally abandoned by god i felt like this was the end uh this is this is where i knew i deserved this in place and i still know it and this is where i deserve to be and uh all of a sudden i felt a presence coming up behind me and, and the entities there were getting agitated and i thought well whoever's coming up behind me must be great authority it must be the devil himself with his pitchfork he's just going to throw me in And my mind was wondering and so my mind would wander, and saying, uh, I could just imagine, you know, my parents would have a funeral for me. You know, things go through your mind. I can't can explain it. And so you're going through your mind that to have a funeral and the preacher would say, oh, Brian was a good old boy. And there's no way I could tell my parents I was in a bad place. I couldn't tell anybody. I wanted to tell everybody I avoided this place. <laughs> I couldn't. I knew that this, this, this was my fate. This is where I deserve to be this is my full nature sin nature is totally exposed i saw my ugly pride for what it is and what it does and and i felt this presence coming behind me and i thought that presence was going to throw me into this place because i did not want to go and i was being pushed by a force into it though my feet weren't moving <laughs> and the dirt was going over my feet and and stuff and all those worms going around coming out of the ground i won't get into all that and so as soon as i all of a sudden i heard footsteps and the footsteps would shake the ground or boom boom and and all of a sudden the entities took off out of that cell and hid and got out of there and then all that time um if i start crying i i after all these years it does it does this is um every time i talk about this it's hard um it was jesus he was behind me and he picked me up and um God, 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 give me strength to do this he picked me up um sorry sorry no don't
1: apologize and he picked, picked me
0: up and carrying me like a baby and I, I i i saw the holes in his wrist and his bones pulled apart i lost it because i knew i pulled his bones apart i put him on the cross even though i wasn't there by how i betrayed abandoned people backstabbed them put burdens on them and um I just wept on his shoulder and he carried me out of there. And uh, <laughs> and I never cried so hard in my life because I did not deserve to be rescued. It's very hard for people to understand. So my concept of grace is quite different than most people. Um, grace is not greasy. Grace is not uh cheap because it's free it came with a great cost he was nailed to a cross and so we got to realize that we we're wretches and we nailed them to him we deserve wrath not mercy and I found grace instead and that's how you get saved is and you realize just uh well, anyway I was brought out of that pit trying to collect myself here and um we went back to the cell I entered into, and it we went back. We both went through that tornado-like vortex, and um, just
1: a minute. <laughs> Sorry. Well, uh, but
0: anyway, uh, yeah, I'm trying to. Okay,
1: of... I was <laughs> going to give you a reprieve there, but you're, you're ready for yeah, the yeah. What you're talking about is in the Bible, when Lazarus, not the Lazarus who was Jesus raised from the tomb, but there was Lazarus who was a man that uh, this is an account of Jesus who was in hell and said, you know, just tell my relatives, basically my loved ones, that that hell is a real place. And that's, you know, essentially what you're, what you're doing now, Jesus is giving you this forum to, to share that. But he said, no, they wouldn't believe because it's, you know, if-
0: Well, yeah, you took me out of there. And then we came back out of the that tornado vortex, went back to where I came to on that big rock, suspended in space. And the light was coming from him. I could see the holes in his feet and the nail prints in his wrists. I couldn't see his face. He still had a hood on, and he set me down and began to talk to me, through thought. And I'll have time to go through all that. But he told me I was going to come back, and he blew on me, and I went back, and I went back through the void, heard all the music, and I came in uh, right above my bed and there's the texture of the ceiling was a twirled six ceiling texture and it had a fold in it and in the fold was a fingerprint of what the guy did the texturing but you can't see the fingerprint because it's inside of a little you have to put your face up there and look down and know where to look even though it was there and after all this i did get on a ladder and i looked up there and there was the fingerprint <laughs> it was in there so so anyway he uh i came back i landed i floated like a leaf and i went feet first in my body i woke up and could not breathe and it's like i had the wind knocked out of you and i um i don't know how and i don't this is so foggy i just came out of it my neighbor must have found me or whatever happened and he threw me in his truck and we proceeded to the hospital i died several times <laughs> on my way to the hospital because i described the trip my head was down looking at the floorboard you know and he was holding me up and i asked him why did you run so many red lights and you almost that white uh ford falcon there he almost hit you because how in your world did you know that that happened go, well i was floating above the truck <laughs> <laughs> it was a cool ride and so you know, we got to the hospital that's where i got diagnosed my blood was viscous um They were shaking their heads Uh, they gave me the saline solution they didn't have pumps they were squeezing it into me the nurse they got a blood sample they got the cholera who knows what else because it was polluted water i drank and um and then then i don't know how long i was there it's just and i did not want anyone to give me any pain medicine or go back to sleep i just want to i i i grabbed the doctor and said am i still in the cube and he was from india he said, No, Mr. Melvin, you're in a hospital in Tucson, Arizona. Who's president? I'm sorry, you know, who's this, who's that? And who's no? Who's running for president? Who's running for president? I said, Ronald Reagan, uh, who's the president? And, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy Carter, uh, where are you? Yeah, I live at, uh, here's my phone number. And I passed that test. <laughs> I said, I better not talk about cubes <laughs> to this guy <laughs> put me in one. <laughs> I noticed what I I could breathe I was blowing on my wrist because I could breathe and so I knew I was alive and so I came back and so I um when I got back home the the guys that I rented the rooms to were were going to work and they would shake their head everybody found out about it I had some Pentecostal relatives there they they're the ones that came to the hospital um, to get me and a friend of mine got me and, and drove me home but I never told my pentecostal relatives what happened until after the fact but um i didn't know what to do with it so i got home and they all left and i got my medicine and i had my um uh, juice i had to drink get my electrolytes back up and gatorade so forth and so i sat in this beanbag chair and i said said jesus um I never want to go back to that awful place take me I'm yours that's what they did Mm -hmm. don't understand I deserve hell I don't I don't deserve to come back but he came down and he got me and I'm ever indebted to him for that so that's why I said take me I'm yours I'm serious It wasn't just some intellectual gain. this is a hard thing don't thing, I can't change my life. I can't do anything. I'm take take it. I'm yours. So people want to get saved. You need to know, take it, I'm yours. I surrender. My stinking pride has caused me so much grief. And like like um, like in the Bible, it talks about you don't want to be a religious guy thumping his chest about how great he is and then uh, where the sinner came before the lord said lord have mercy on me i'm a sinner and who and jesus said who would be justified in god's sight well the guy who said have mercy on me i'm a sinner i'm a wretch i can't change myself take me i'm yours that's how you get saved that is how you get saved and a lot of that aspect of the gospel is no longer preached it's settled for an intellectual type thing and not a heartfelt change and so when you encounter the real jesus um it's an unforgettable experience and so i was ever indebted and grateful for allowed to come back and so he's taken me on quite a ride and you have served <laughs> sort of came back ever since uh mm-hmm.
1: there are you you serve on uh the Native American uh, reservations, and I know mm-hmm. you told the story of of uh, that as well, which was uh, interesting in that uh, the Native Americans, oftentimes, in many of the practices of the different tribes, had a very spiritualism. You know, mm-hmm. that not not Christ-centered necessarily. Now they do; many do uh, worship uh, Jesus, but very spiritual and conjuring up of this person and that, or this spirit and that spirit, but. And you were seeing those spirits in hell that were influencing uh, others that were living um, mm-hmm. in, in, the, in this age. Uh, and you were seeing that. You were seeing them conjuring up these things. When people you know, say the, the rants and they try to conjure up uh, spirits and all of these things that are apart from uh, the angelic Jesus, beholden of Jesus Christ, you were seeing those things and you were seeing that and and uh, and now you're ministering uh to those on the reservations um who are coming as i understand it uh, many to know jesus as their lord and savior as a result yeah
0: it's an amazing thing to see but um if anybody doesn't know jesus christ it's just you're maybe in their low point in your life or you realize that you ain't all that and you got a lot of problems maybe you're hooked on pornography hooked on this stuff and you can't be free of it and stuff it just takes you know lord have mercy on me change me you know uh, like i tell people uh, we don't deserve god's mercy we deserve god's wrath but he's so willing to give grace instead he yeah. gives grace to change and change your life so you're not held captive to these things and he changes you and it's, it's a process called sanctification in it that's another thing people don't teach on too much anymore and they do a salesman job in the church i think people know what i'm talking about but you know you just come to christ he takes your life and he takes you on your own journey and he cleans you up on the inside he takes you places and do things you can't imagine and at first it's like what's going on it's hard it, it, you know it's like what's going on in the world but everything is going wrong and all of a sudden when you have jesus christ it doesn't matter because you know you have eternity and you will have heaven and about two and a half years roughly two and a half years later after this experience when i moved to colorado and stuff um i was pretty much traumatized by seeing hell i didn't know anything about post-traumatic stress but uh I was working in a church. I was running the soundboard as a musician to play guitar and and doing this. We had a, a series of revivals. Our church grew from 30 people to 300 over this period of time. And that and so I got stuck that night to work late to put up the sound equipment. Everybody abandoned me. It was Sunday night. had to get up at 4 in the morning, whatever time it was, to drive the 40 minutes to work because I lived outside of town. And i was mad i was on a holy mood and afterwards um uh, afterwards i got home and the lord actually in a very unique way i can tell you about it later in another show if you like the lord actually showed me heaven just to calm me down about seeing hell
1: uh-huh. so
0: i did see heaven about two and a half years after that and i got uh I came back totally changed because I'm not traumatized by, hell by it anymore. And, um, uh, I saw things there and it was incredible place and no way to describe it.
1: And We're going to have to talk, uh, yeah, yeah. there's no place, brand no brand way to describe brand. it. We'll have another show. Definitely yeah. brother, um, uh, because, uh, then, then, then you and I can really, um, uh, you know, share and identify and oh yeah I saw this on that one (laughs) so (laughs) that's one of the things I've noticed with some of our uh, uh, people who have visited heaven but um, is that we have so many, uh, we have a a sense of of sharing that is um, unique I mean was empathy I should say. So, um, for those of you who are viewing and thank you for watching to this point because I'm going to encourage you to uh ensure that your loved ones who you've wanted to know jesus as their savior watch this to the end they need to and that's important to uh to implore them to watch this to the end because what we're going to do now is i'm going to um ask my brother uh brian to pray for those who do not know uh, Jesus as our Lord and savior so that they will see heaven and not hell, uh, when they do and everyone will, with the exception of those who are, you know, Elijah and r- are raptured or whatever, um, but you need to, uh, encourage them to watch this, uh, I- I'm asking you if it is one video that you choose, if this is the one, because some of us get, need to get scared, quite frankly, into, into heaven, if you will. Um, And then after Brian prays, we're going to pray together uh, to to pray to release um, the authority of those powers, principalities, and and spirits of evil, those demonic spirits from oppressing and, and even possessing those who are out there. So your loved ones stay tuned, make sure they stay tuned to the very end. So Brian, I'm gonna turn this over to you to lead us into a prayer of salvation
0: yes if you don't know jesus and you're tired of, of where your life is going and you can't change so just just pray after me say heavenly father have mercy on me i blew it i made mistakes now, i just want you to think about your mistakes i ask lord i don't understand all that you've done but cleanse me by the power of the blood of jesus and wash me clean fill me with resurrection power and make me born again change my life I turn my life over to you I give it all Lord forgive me of my pride it's destroying my life I betrayed people I mocked people I put people on trial I put burdens on them I even ask you if if you were real, would you tap dance and do a dance for me? And you never did. I I did all kinds of bad things, Lord, in my mind and heart. I ask to be forgiven of these things, and put a right spirit in me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Make me born again, in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. So if you pray that prayer, believing in your heart you wish sincere you will not see hell, you will see heaven, which is our second episode with Ryan, which is when, when the Lord showed him heaven. Now we're going to pray uh, an important prayer because even the believers can see, be susceptible to oppression and spirits and powers, principalities. These demons that Brian had described earlier in this show, this episode, um, we're going to pray, uh, and I'm going to ask Brian to pray to uh, plead the blood of Jesus over you to release you to free you of those bondages and those oppressions and possessions in some cases. So, Brian, let's let's go to war. Uh, so I'm going to call you and let's uh, let's get the victory here
0: heavenly father i just thank you right now lord i just come before you right now you see the people's hearts you know that they've been taken captive by the devil to do the devil's will and now they need some freedom They they're held in bondage because they were rejected they had their hearts broken they grew up in narcissistic homes they they for some reason they have the stockholm syndrome and they keep going back to their abuser they don't understand it some of them have been abandoned left on the doorstop and uh in some relative's house and their parents drove away and they're just standing there and that memory has haunted them and they got in one failed relationship after another others are, are hooked on drugs others are just hooked on making wealth and stomping on people and and doing things they should not be doing All these people are bound and being controlled by the evil one, and all these principalities and powers and forces and so forth. So, I ask, Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ to send forth your angels and begin unwrapping that and breaking that power over those people's lives right now. So, in the name of Jesus Christ, every principality, every demonic host that's invading these people's lives, be released off of them right now, in the name of Jesus. Right now, here it comes. Right now, right now out i'm not going to tolerate or talk to you you got to leave right now and i thank you heavenly father as those things leave they are sealed in the blood of jesus and the forgiveness of christ they will get a revelation of how to be free and they'll do their homework and they will remain free yes and they will not go back to that stuff They may struggle and they have some doubts, but Lord, from now on, you will help them and keep the devil off their back. So in the name of Jesus, every foul spirit that's attacking these people must go, bow your knee to the Lord Jesus Christ and leave now in Jesus name. Amen.